ML Nation, episode 528. You're the first person to schedule the meeting. You're the first person to get promoted. You're the first person to buy the ticket to your convention. You're the first person to do a three-way call. So leading is about doing those things before anyone else is doing them. And so when you look at your business, if you take full responsibility for your business because it's your business, what do you want to do? You want to be a leader. Well, then you lead by going first. That's what leadership is. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan here. And as you probably know, our team here at ML Nation has always been looking for ways to bring more value through our show and give you that daily dose of inspiration to push you into action. And we've added more episodes, wrote out our Founder Friday episode, launched our Wednesday show, which are Go DMO Heroes. And here's something else. As we go to our year four of the show, yes, we started out in, believe it or not, March in 2015. Since then, a lot of other people have been copying our format, but I've looked through, you know, all the shows we've done, over 500 different episodes, uh, talking to 500 different top leaders. And I found that some of the shows out, they're so good that either maybe you missed them, or even if you remember them, you probably didn't fully take action of everything they've done. So we want to throw, kind of like a throwback Monday, reintroduce one of our most best, in my opinion, one of the best episodes I've done. And the first one I want to share with you is this interview I did with this ML legend, Jordan Adler. This is way, way back in our first year. I still remember it took me a long time to get him on the show. And since then, we've become good friends. But this is one of the big lessons here about nonstop recruiting and what it really takes to be successful. So let's go back to one of these legendary episodes from one of the MLM legends itself, Jordan Adler. Again, he's written the book Beach Money. He's came up with the second issue. Let's go check out this episode. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, Jordan Adler. Jordan, are you ready to make it happen? <laughs> of course, Simon. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on this, uh, this webcast. This is great. Jordan Adler has earned millions in network marketing and is currently the number one income earner in his company. He's originally from Chicago, Illinois, and grew up in a lower middle income family. One day, while he was in his 20s, he read a book about residual income that he picked up at a garage sale for 25 cents. And that little book had more impact on his financial future than his four-year college degree. Today, Jordan leads a team of over 150,000 distributors with his network marketing organization. He travels the world supporting his team and coaching new distributors. Jordan is also the author of Beach Money, which, in my opinion, is one of the best books on the MLM profession and is a must-read for every MLM distributor. In fact, Kimmy Brook, who we had on episode 45 on MLM Nation, mentioned how that book, Beach Money, that Jordan wrote, helped make her business really take off. Beach Money teaches you to create an income stream that comes in wherever you go, whether you're working or not. And Jordan has just done that. He has helped compress 30-year careers into three to five years. When Jordan is not at one of his mountain homes in Jerome, Arizona, or in Mount Charleston, you find him relaxing in California or in Vegas or in possibly some other exotic location. And check this out. This is really cool. Jordan flies helicopters for fun and was recently accepted into Virgin Galactic Space Program to become one of the first civilians into space. So Jordan, I just given MLM Nation a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how that little 25 cents book got you to where you are today. Yeah, thanks, Simon. So I, as, I, as you mentioned, I picked up that book at a garage sale and read it, and I had never heard of network marketing prior to that. And uh, I was on the college track. Um, my dad encouraged us you know, from when we were very young. He said, he, essentially, we didn't have a choice. We were going to go to college. And he had saved his whole life for each one of us to go to college for a year. And then we had to figure out how to pay for the rest of it, whether it was through loans or you know, working through school. I worked as a night clerk and a resident advisor while I was in school. But when I graduated, I took a guitar, a suitcase, and $250, and I moved from Chicago to uh, Phoenix, Arizona uh, with a degree in landscape architecture. The $250 I got as gifts for my birthday from relatives. And uh, I had one friend, a former girlfriend that lived in uh, in Arizona. And so I, I went there and 
fact, um, there was one point where I'd run out of money. I bought a little $200 motorcycle and I'd spent my 50, the remaining $50 on food. And there was one point where neither one of us had any money and we had to figure out a way to make money on a Sunday morning. We started driving around looking for a, something we could do to get paid cash for the day. So we had money to eat. And uh, we split an egg. I remember that morning. That was a Sunday morning. We we had one egg, and and she had one pot, and she uh, split the egg, and and we ate the egg for breakfast. And then we went around looking for something to do to make money to be able to pay our bills. And my bills weren't very much back then, so I started answering classified ads, and uh, many of them were for different opportunities. And I started getting involved in different network marketing companies, and I had many, many, many jobs in my early years at in Arizona. But I was always dabbling in different network marketing companies. And over a course of about 10 years, I signed up with 11 different network marketing companies individually. I'd get in one and you know, I'd get real excited about it. Dr. Hill's Potentized Spiralina or Nashika 3D Cameras. I signed up in Amway, a grocery coupon program, Sunset Travel Clubs. But every company I got involved in, uh, I would go talk to two or three people and they would shoot me down and I would get discouraged and quit. And I did that for uh, 11 companies over a course of 10 years. And, and during that time, I had jobs the whole time to, to uh, attempt to pay my bills. And, and in 1992, uh, I was working for an airline. I'd been there for 10 years. I was in the training department and the airline had filed bankruptcy and they cut my pay from 28000 a year down to $14,000 a year. And uh, I was using my credit cards to pay my bills. I had actually 22 credit cards. I maxed them out, $36,000 in debt on 22 credit cards. My rent was $200 a month. I had a beat-up old Jeep with a broken windshield, and that was my life at the age of 34 years old. Um, I lived in the garage of a home that I was paying $200 a month. I had two roommates. And uh, that was when I was 34, that was the life that I was living. So it wasn't really much of a glamorous lifestyle. <laughs> And uh, I joined my 12th network marketing company, and that was in uh, 1992, and I grew that business. Finally, I figured out, figured the, some, simplest, some, things, some simple things out. It took me a long time. It took me over 10 years, but I finally figured it out. I learned how to sponsor a distributor, started showing the business three or four times a week on my lunches, and I started signing up about one distributor per month. And I did that for 13 years. Over the course of 13 years, I signed up 129 people, which is less than one a month. And from those 129 distributors, I had five of those organizations, five of the 129 that grew into uh, organizations of over 85,000 people and a, and a few hundred thousand customers. And I made millions of dollars with that company. And that was uh, after 10 years and 11 companies and never making a penny. And, and it, it had almost nothing to do with the company. It had everything to do with me beginning to focus on the right thing. So that was my journey. Obviously, I moved out of the garage and uh, and my life changed dramatically. In fact, I was so busy signing people up and running around the country doing meetings and showing the business to people back then that I didn't even have time to move out of my little garage paying 200 bucks a month. And after I think it was uh, three years, I was earning at that point 34000 a month living in the garage paying $200 a month. And when I moved out, I had a friend help me move out of the place. And uh, his father said, told him, he says, you know, I don't see evidence of a guy that's making a ton of money here, <laughs> you know, but uh, I went to, you know, and then uh, the next, uh, the next 10 years were just fantastic. I mean, I was flying around on private jets and staying in castles in Scotland and, and, you know, I had friends all over the world and had an explode, exploding organization of great leaders. And then that company, that company went away. And uh, it, 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 there was a major shift in technology, the whole telecom. And I was part of the telecom industry, network marketing telecom. And when the whole industry went from an analog industry to a digital industry, all of our technology became obsolete overnight. So I went from earning sixty to 80000 a month to zero. And then I was looking for a new company. And, and uh, about 10 years ago, I joined the company I'm with now. And I just did the same thing, only I accelerated it. Instead of showing the business three times a week, I started showing the business three to five times a day. And instead of signing up one person a month, I started signing up one person a week. And I was able to do in a matter of months what it took me years to do in the other company. 
And so, so I've been with the company I'm with now. I've been with for ten years, and um, I still I'm still in build mode and uh, having fun doing it and living my life. And and I, I love I, I I see myself as a dream broker. So I I help to inspire people to live their dreams again and to uh, and to start believing in themselves again. So just thank you for sharing, Joe. I had a qu- question. Very curious. So you were in ten. 10- Companies in eleven years, right? And you made no money. Like most people will have given up after the, you know, maybe the second, third one ago. But the third, or fourth, or fifth, they definitely will say no more. MLM doesn't work. What made you? I mean, obviously you lost money every time. But what made you? And you didn't have money. You lose, keep losing money by joining these things. What made you keep going back and trusting the MLM? Yeah, you know, a lot of times people say, "Why didn't you quit?" Well, the reality is, I quit a lot. I quit every company. I'd be involved with, for a few weeks. I'd talk to a handful of people and. They would all be negative and I would quit. And part of that had to do with my skills. Mostly it had to do with my confidence. Like I had a pretty low, low belief in myself. And I don't know, you know, uh, I really wanted the lifestyle that network marketing could provide. And I did not have money to invest. So I wasn't like in a position to invest hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. I had no money. But I did have time. And I was able to leverage my time through the work of other people. I... I had studied network marketing. I'd read every book I could get my hand on, my hands on. I, I, uh, I, I listened to audios over and over and over again. I, I, I went to seminars and I really learned the business of network marketing. And I had a belief in the dream. I mean, I knew that not network marketing can provide a lifestyle that no other business out there that can provide. For example, you know, there are people that have a lot of money, but they've got no lifestyle freedom. And there's other people that have lots and lots and lots of free time, but they have no money. You know, they're the ones sitting on the couch watching TV all day long. And I, I knew that network marketing could provide a lifestyle and a time freedom that no other profession could provide. And so I was determined to continue to go back until I figured it out. And today, like I, I, don't, I don't think I've had a, a month under 100000 a month now for probably – eight years wow and, so inspiring but, it's very inspiring. but it took but it took years to get to the point it doesn't have to take years but i was a slow learner i guess you know um a lot of people say you know a lot of people hear my story and they think you know it was it had to do with me finding the right company and and actually the way to view it is that you have the, the uh capability to transform a company it's the individual distributors it's it, it's the company has to be there and they've got to offer some type of a service or a product, but it's the distributors that change the face of the company, not the other way around, really. It's the distributors that build the sales force. They're, it's the distributors that attract the more distributors and create the volume through the use of the product or the service that you provide. So, you know, it's possible that if my level of belief was a little bit higher, some of the companies that I was involved with in the past that are no longer around, it's possible that I could have transformed those companies if I had had the right focus and the right mindset. So it wasn't so much about finding the right company as much as it because I was I was excited about every one of them when I joined them. Hmm. That's and, that's really good. Like the distributor transformed the company because I was just recently talking to someone that was complaining about their companies making these changes, getting harder, and I was like, well. You're flexible. You can change, right? So like you said, you can change and you can, the distributor can transform the companies because the distributors like you, you're the ones who bring people in. That's right. So my organization and our company it represents 150,000 distributors and there's 180,000 in our company. So wow. 150,000 of the 180,000 are in my organization, but those people most likely wouldn't be there if I hadn't joined the company and stuck with it. And continue to sponsor people. So I sponsor an average of three people a month. Not thousands, not tens of thousands. I sponsor three people a month. In fact, this month already, I've signed up three personally sponsored distributors. And this month, I'll probably sign up five or six distributors. In fact, I trained somebody right before getting on this call. And I'm training somebody right after this call. So I'm still, I'm still in sponsor mode. I'm still in growth mode. You know, I've adopted a philosophy of who's next. I'm always looking for who's the next distributor that I can help get started in the business. I don't get caught into the management trap where you start to manage your team. That's a trap that leads to nowhere. It actually will create stagnant um, circumstance in your business if you start managing your group. You always want to be looking for who's the next personally sponsored distributor that you can help get started, 
either for you personally or for somebody in your organization. So you're looking for people in your organization that that are bringing new people into the business, and then you want to get to know those people and assist that team in bringing in new people through meetings and conference calls and three-way calls and things like that. That's how you create growth. Now, your job is just to get people started, and then at some point early on, you don't want to you don't want to get into a trap where you're managing those teams. You want to get you want to get people started in the business, and then you're looking for the next person again. Who's the next person you can help get started? Because the key is to get lots and lots of people doing a little bit all the time on a regular basis. And the only way you find those people is to continue to move through your organization. Think about it this way: you know the the sport of sailing sailboats. I don't. I'm not a sailor, but I've I've been on sailboats. In fact, Donna Johnson's a very close friend of mine, and she has a sailboat, a catamaran sailboat in the British Virgin Islands. And when we were out there, it's just so beautiful. The water is just aqua. I don't know if you've been there, Simon, but the water is just like turquoise, and uh, it's just it's heaven. So we're out the sail out on sailboat, and there was a little there was a captain and his wife were on the sailboat. And, I, and he, he looked like he'd been sailing for a long time. I asked him how long you've been sailing. He said 35 years. And I said, when was the last time you talked to your instructor? And he said, uh, I don't know, 32 years ago. So he'd been sailing for 35 years, but he hadn't talked to his instructor in 32 years. He remembered his instructor's name. He hadn't talked to him. He didn't even know where he was. But yet he's a sailor and he sails his boat all around the world. And uh, I started thinking about the thousands of sailboats in the British Virgin Islands and the tens of thousands in that part of the world and then the millions of sailboats all over the world and thinking to myself, most of the people that learn to sail probably have no communication with the person that taught them to sail. And so the way I equate that to our business is my job is not to sail with you. My job is to teach you how to sail and then set you out. Set you out. And some people will, will, will sail for a year and they'll their boat will run onto a reef and they'll, it'll spring a leak and they'll never get it fixed and then they'll never sail again. Other people will get tired of the sport. Some people will find out they don't like it all that much. Some people will sail for two or three or four years and then their life will change. Maybe they get married and have a kid and get a corporate job. Who knows? There's other people that will sail for years and years and years and enjoy and they'll actually, some of them will even train other people to sail. So my job is to help people get started in the business. I don't really concern myself with whether somebody stays with it, quits, um, or, you know, I don't really concern myself with whether somebody's on a long-term journey or whether they're just going to do a little bit with us. I'm looking for the people that want to sail with us over the long haul, but I'm not going to sail with them. I'm just going to get them started. And then we'll be friends, but I'm not going to do it for them. And the people that build big businesses, they just get lots and lots and lots of people trained to do the business, and then they let them go. Mm, I really, you- yeah, I really love love this, the way you said about the sailor. I think that's you know we always hear this term "lead by example," uh, but I think you just defined it—the whole sailor analogy. And also, I'll, you know, you say, "Who's next?" And I think, "Who's next?" Yeah, who I love gonna, it. Who am I going to train next? Who am I going to get started next? And I teach my team to do the same thing, so they're always looking for the next person. And and if you look at the word, you know, you mentioned leadership. Um, if you look at the word leadership, the, what are the first four letters of the word leadership? It's lead, L-E-A-D. And what, is it, what does it mean to lead? Well, leading means going first. So that just in the word lead, that it's like in, if a, in a horse race, the first horse is the lead horse. So if, if leadership is about leading, then that means that you go first. That means that you're the first person to do the presentations. You're the first person to schedule the meeting. You're the first person to get promoted. You're the first person to buy the ticket to your convention. You're the first person to do a three-way call. So leading is about doing those things before anyone else is doing them. And so when you look at your business, if you take full responsibility for your business because it's your business – what do you want to do? You want to be a leader. Well, then you lead by going first. That's what leadership is. Thank you for sharing. I really love that. ML Nation, you need to go to rewind that. I'll have some of this stuff in the show notes too about leadership. Uh, Jordan probably gave the best, one of the best definitions I've heard about what leadership is. And I love the story about the analogy of the sailors and who's next. Um, now, I'm going to ask you, Jordan, The uh, this could be the aha moment, but 
when you joined the company, the I kind of lost track, which was the 11th company that you made it, right? The 12. The 12th. The 12th. And you focused at it. What was, what got you to focus? Was it training you went to or a mentor that kind of woke you up? Or maybe it was a time in your life where you had, you were in a crisis and you had to decide to do it? What got Well, there's, there's a, everybody reaches a breaking point. And at that breaking point, they either quit altogether or they turn it on at a level that they've never turned it on before. And uh, so, you know, there's defining moments. There's moments in your life that everything changes. And for me, um, there were probably four defining moments that were just so huge for me that I, I saw some things that I'd never seen or never, never noticed before that caused me to really believe in the profession and myself. So I had never gotten a check in network marketing for 10 years, 11 companies. Not one company had I ever even received a check. I just spent money in every company. I bought products. I went to trainings. I went to events. And I never made a penny. And then what happened, I can name a few things that, that happened. But I was, I was actually in San Francisco. And I was sitting on the front row, never signed up as a distributor in my life. And Jay and Meg Smith um, were mentors of mine. They they were in my other company and they were the top earners at the time. Jay passed away a number of years ago of a heart attack and a stroke, but they were very, very close personal friends of mine that I, and I met them at that company and they, um, they took me under their wing and they invited me to a dinner. And at that dinner, there were probably a total of 12 people, but there were five people sitting at that table that were the top earners in the company, the top five people in the company. At the time, the top people in the company were in the range of ten to $20,000 a month. And in my life, I had never met anybody that made ten or $20,000 a month. And uh, so I'm sitting around this table and I'm listening to the conversations, Al Thomas, Russ and Mary Nolan, Jay and Meg Smith, Paul Orberson, and they're all sitting around this table, and they, they had all been with the company for a couple of years. I was brand new. Having never, ever been around people like this, I just listened. And as I listened to their conversations, I thought to myself, they're just like me. Their stories are exactly the same as my story. The only difference is they're now on the other side of it. And as I listened, I realized that I could be sitting where they're sitting in three or four years if I just stay focused and if I don't quit and if I do the work and become a real student. And that's what I did. And uh, three and a half years later, I was on the stage with those guys, speaking at the same events, traveling around in private jets. Wow, and, fantastic. Uh, having dinner backstage with the founder of the company who went on to become a multi-billionaire. Mm. What were the uh, other, you said 40 funny moments, what were the other three? Well, there was one that uh, I had been in that company for um, about a year I had my credit cards were maxed out with the exception of one. I still had my job at America West Airlines. And at that point, it was probably paying me 20 grand a year, somewhere in that range, maybe maybe less, maybe 18,000 a year. And I'd been there for 10 years and they were in bankruptcy. And I finally got a team going. I finally figured out how to sponsor people. And so over the course of that year, I'd signed up, I don't know, maybe uh, I think I'd signed up probably... 10 people or 12 people. And I had one person in the group that knew somebody in uh, Peabody, Massachusetts and brought this guy in and he brought in his friend and that group grew to 40 distributors. So at the end of the year, I had about 40 distributors in my group. I was making $180 a month, $180 a month, 40 people in my group. And finally I'm in network marketing and this is my this is my moment of glory. And all of a sudden my group starts to take off and they asked me to come to Peabody, Massachusetts. I still have a job paying 18 grand or so a year. And so I have to put my expenses um, for the trip on my credit card, which was my credit cards, which were already almost maxed out. And I flew to Peabody, Massachusetts. And when I arrived, it was a major blizzard. And uh, I rented a car and I started driving. And it took me two and a half hours to get from the airport to where the meeting was going on. I showed up right on time and I pulled up to the house and all the lights were off in the house and I'm in a blizzard. The, the wind is blowing sideways and I came from Arizona and I don't have clothes for winter in Peabody, Massachusetts. Wind is blowing sideways. The snow is very deep. I go up to the door, knock on the door, ring the doorbell. Nobody comes to the house, check the address. Uh, we didn't have cell phones back then. So I made my way to a pay phone and I called and a voice, uh, an answering machine came on and I was standing 
uh, on a payphone, outside payphone, in a blizzard. I just come across the country and spent money that I didn't have. And I thought about quitting. Like I thought this is, this is not going to work. Like where are these people? I just spent my money and came all the way over here and I have no way of getting a hold of anybody. Nobody's answering their phones. And I was sure I had the right date and all that. I talked to them and confirmed everything. Well, it turned out that the blizzard caused them from showing up. They, they decided they couldn't make it. I came all the way across the country and they decided they couldn't make it because of the blizzard. And I sat on that. I, I remember standing there thinking to myself, well, I can do it again. I can quit again like I did in all the other companies I've been involved in the last 11. Or I could see the job through and continue on this journey. And if anybody's ever made money in this company, I'm going to make money. And I, I chose to stay with it. And I kept sponsoring one distributor a month. Every single month, I, I focused on getting one a month for years. And my goal was to sign up one a month and just keep doing it until somebody went out and, and saw this the way I saw it. And that's, that's what happened. And, and I went on to, like I mentioned, I went on to build a group of 85,000 distributors and made $8 million bucks in that company. Wow. That's inspiring because we've all been there where we showed up for meetings, but not as bad as you. Like you actually have to take time. <laughs> well, you will. If you haven't already, you will. Yeah. Right? Like, and people complain, oh, my prospect didn't show up. At least you didn't take, a, you know, take time off from your work to spend your last money I, on a cross-country flight. I could tell you a whole bunch of stories of things that would cause – if there were a 1,000 people that had these things happen to them – uh, 999 of them would quit. And I was the guy that decided that I'm, I was going to see the job through no matter what. Hmm. I mean, there was another one where the, uh, sure, I'll just real quick, the company lost my downline. This was back when they were doing more things manually than they are today, but the company lost my entire genealogy. Now everybody in my group was still getting paid, but right after I quit my job at the airline, I needed every single penny that I received in income in order to pay my bills. And, uh, the, the, the literally the week that I quit my job, the company lost my downline and there was no customer service. You had to fax in your customer uh, inquiries and or distributor inquiries. And so I was faxing in my issue in that I'm not getting a check and I need to be getting my check, uh -huh. they, but they can't even find me and there's no customer service to call. And I wasn't Jordan Adler where I could call the company, you know, that it didn't work that way. It was, uh, I had to follow the process that everybody else did. It took them, it took them three months before I got me my checks again. Wow. And, and uh, I actually almost had to file bankruptcy because of it, but I stuck with it and I knew Kenny Trout was an honest man and that I was eventually going to get my money. And I did. They found my downline. They put everything back together and, uh, I, and then things turned around around my 33rd month. It was almost three years in the, in the business where things really turned around and my income went from about twenty five hundred a month, twenty eight hundred a month, to thirty four thousand a month in about uh, ten months. It went from twenty eight hundred a month to thirty four thousand a month, and then it went up from there. Wow! Hey, so real quick because I want to keep this on time. But you said four defining moments, and you shared two good stories. But it maybe really, really quick, what was the third and fourth defining? Well, the moment? third one was the third one was when the company lost my check, okay, or lost my downline. And uh, the fourth, uh, I've got a bunch. I mean, I'm trying to think if there was like, I know there are others. And I, right off the top of my head, that was the third one that I mentioned was the, the thousand, the fourth. I don't know if I mentioned that there was a fourth, but there are, there's probably 10. If I, if I dig deep, I could probably think of more. Yeah, oh, we'll yeah. move on. We'll move on. Cause I, so no, I mean, I, there was one point where I was taking the bus. I mean, there's things like, you know, my car broke down. I tried to fix it myself. I put the water pump in backwards. It blew up the car. <laughs> sat, sat street for two years. I took the bus to work because I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, didn't have the money to fix my car. And I mean, or, or, I mean, that was one I can remember where I was going to the grocery store and buying macaroni and cheese, uh, three boxes for a buck, mixing it with tuna. And that was my dinner every night of the week because I didn't have money to, buy groceries really. So I was looking for the top ramen and the cheapest stuff I could buy. And you know, after a while, you just kind of two one or two things happens. You either get resigned and say, this is just the way my life's going to be, which is what most people do, or you get pissed off hmm. and you just work harder than you've ever worked before. And you you find the path that will lead you to to your success, but you have to do it with an attitude of, I'm going to do this no matter what. That's what it took me to get my helicopter license. I can't even tell you how many how many times I got so frustrated and and actually there were so many defining moments where I I really came so close to quitting because it was the hardest thing I've ever learned to do. Hard 
harder than harder than getting my network marketing business going. Learning to fly a helicopter for me was so difficult. And uh, there were many times where I questioned whether it would ever happen. But I also know that as long as I trust the process and see the job through, as long as I don't quit until it's done, and I trust the process, and I keep going back to my dream, why am I doing this? So if I, I kept going back to my dream, why am I doing this? On the days that I didn't want to get in the car, or the days that I was coming up with excuses, or the days that I wasn't feeling well, and I knew that was just an excuse to not have to go back down to the helicopter school to do some crazy-ass maneuver that uh, scared the crap out of me. And uh, I just uh, I knew that I was going to have to do those things to get my license, but I knew that I had to keep focusing on the why. Like, why am I doing this? Like, what do I want from it that that caused me to make the decision to go for it in the beginning. Keep going back to that and then trust the process and see the job through. That means keep going back until it's done. What would you consider your proudest moment in network marketing? Uh, in network marketing, uh, there was. there was. It was, it was like 1997, 1998. I remember being on stage. Um, I had been asked to speak at that convention. And that was a, for me, that was a scary moment because public speaking is not my favorite thing to do. Uh, I like it once I'm on the stage and I'm, I'm rolling, but the thought of doing it kind of freaks me out a little bit. But the proudest moment was, you know, I got a bunch of awards for, for growth in my business. And, you know, a- after going through 10 years, 11 companies and never signing up anybody and never getting a check to be, to be standing on stage holding trophies and people cheering for me, that felt great. Knowing that there was a lot of appreciation coming from the crowd, people that I'd helped, um, you know, leave their jobs and create an income stream and, and they, they, you know, they experienced personal growth and they were, they were giving me acknowledgement for assisting in that process, you know, so for being a catalyst for some of that. And that felt great. And it was really, you know, I remember the music. I remember the lights. I remember the crowd cheering. There were 15,000 people in the crowd and it just felt great, you know. What's your vision that we're marketing? Where do you see it headed toward the future? And do you see it like it's getting easier than when you first started back in the 80s? You know, I don't, easier is a relative term because for some people, you know, everybody's going through their own personal challenges and everybody has an area that they struggle with um, in the business, no matter whether it was in the 80s or now. Technology has made it very, very easy for people to start companies. So there's a lot more companies out there. Because it's so easy to start a company today, there's a lot of uh, scammers out there and it's hard for novices to filter between what's legitimate and what's not. They don't know what makes a company legal or not. And so a lot of times they'll pick things that aren't really long-term viable opportunities, but they don't know that. So there's a lot of noise and then you've got, you know, distractions through it dis- distractions that can also be very powerful business building tools like uh like, you know, Facebook and and uh, primarily Facebook. That's the one that that tends to be the greatest distraction. So I think it's, but at the same time, you've got technology to be able to do conference calls for free. I mean, uh, I had to pay in my early days in network marketing when things really got going. My bill for um, conference calling was two to three thousand dollars a month. Every time I added people to my conference call, it cost more money. They were charging us by the minute or by the person, depending on the conference call company. So every week, and it got expensive. Voicemail. So the prices of all that stuff has come down. It's made it a lot easier for people to really maximize the, the value of the technology that they have at their fingertips to the point of where it's almost free in most cases. Even Facebook is an extremely valuable tool if it's used effectively. But there's a lot more distraction than there ever was before, and there's a lot more competition. Um, but at the same time, uh, I mean, it's a, it's, you got both sides of it. Like in the 80s, 90% of the population thought network marketing was illegal. Today, if you're part of the group of people that thinks network marketing is illegal, you almost look like a little bit ignorant because you know there's been so many books written and the profession's been around for so long and there's just like billions and billions of dollars, a couple hundred billion dollars going through network marketing every year. And so it almost makes somebody look ridiculous if they think that network marketing is a scam. So today, about 10% of the population still thinks it's illegal. And so you got a larger percentage of the population that's more open to it than ever before. And then if you look at what's gone on in the economy over the past 15 years or so with the uh, crash, the technology bubble and the real estate crash and all that stuff, people are – and then people know that their jobs aren't going to provide for them for their life. And so most people are looking for something and most people don't have the financial resources to 
or the knowledge to start a traditional business. So network marketing becomes a really great option. So there's a lot of really great things about the position that we're in right now and the timing right now. Huge opportunities for people getting started. At the same time, there's more distraction than there's ever been in the past. So the people that are going to make it big in the business, those of you that are listening in on this and this webcast and and the people that are going to make it really big are the ones that are able to really channel the technology that is available and really focus and not get distracted by all the competition for your attention and then helping your team to do the same thing. So Jordan, let's talk about books real quickly, okay? Um, what was the 25 cent book that you got? What was the title of that book? Yeah, it was called The 10 Napkin Presentations by Don Faela. And believe it or not, Don Faela, that was back in the uh, early 80s. And, and Don Faela is still traveling around the world, giving seminars, and he still has a network marketing business that he builds. He's probably 80 years old. I don't know. But uh, he's, he wrote a book called The 10 Napkin Presentations. And then years later, he changed the title to The 45 Second Presentation, which you may have heard of. And I heard a rumor that they cha- that he changed the title again. But that book is still a great book. It's a great book about building uh, a residual income and creating leverage. It's phenomenal. Yeah, especially the way he talks about building death and things. Very oh, good yeah. book. Yeah. Um, well, let's shift gears to talk about your book, Beach Money. I think that's, you know, Kimmy Brook talked about how that book basically turned her business around and helped her get to the high, high, you know, high level of her company. And I read that book, and I especially liked the 12 tips you gave in the last chapter. I think it was the last chapter or the second to last chapter. Yeah, yeah. But she talk about your vision. Why did you write that book and what's it for? And You know, it's, uh, it's so funny, uh, Simon, because people give us way more credit than we deserve. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. So you, you, when you get into a, a zone where you're sponsoring you know, one to four new distributors a month and you're doing that every single month because you're showing the business uh, one to three times a day, so you're showing the business one to three times a day, which anyone can do. Um, once you get once you get out of your own way, you can start showing the business one to three times a month a day, and then you start signing up. You know, one to three, one to four new distributors per month. And at some point, maybe three months, six months, eight months, ten months, twelve months down the road, somebody signs up in your business, uh, maybe on your second, your third, your fourth level, that really goes out and starts building like crazy, and they go out. And deploy a team of a few thousand or 10,000 or 20,000 people. So what did you do? You showed the business every day and you signed people up and helped them get started. And then somewhere down in your organization, a really strong leader joins. And that leader takes off and builds a group of thousands and thousands of people. And then all of a sudden, your checks go up and then everyone wants to know your secret. And you know what? You don't have a secret, but everybody demands to know your secret. They ask you on Facebook. They <laughs> they uh, they ask you to do interviews on on tel uh, you know tele telecast interviews like this one, internet radio shows. They want you to write forwards to their book. And in reality, you, you, what ends up happening is you start making stuff up because people demand it. It's like they want to know what's the secret, like. You must have some profound uh, wisdom or some knowledge that nobody else has that you can give us. What can you instill in us that can help us? Like, what's the magic bullet everyone wants to know? And the reality is you just went out and you did the work. And so because of that, your checks got big and then everyone wants to know your secret because you start living this really great lifestyle. So when you, I don't even remember what question you asked me, but – I want to, as I give you the answer to the question, I want you to keep that in mind. What was the question? Do you remember? No, I mean, I, I was, I, I was, I was uh, share that in a second, but oh, about talk about the secret. Right? But you talk about the secret. The the se- you know, Emma, if you want to know about Jordan's secret, is like, you know, using whatever leftover money you have on maxed out credit cards, take book a cross country flight, show up in a blizzard, freezing with no clothes on, and still not quit. That's right. the secret. Exactly. That's the secret. Keep- not quitting when your company doesn't pay you for 90 days. Right. And still keep going. Yeah. So, so then I wrote, where'd the book come from? You asked me how the, what yeah, how would the book come from? So I had, I had many pages of notes from my conference calls over the years. You know, this was before I even had a computer. I would write out my conference calls on a yellow pad and everything that I learned in the books that I read and the experiences that I was having, signing new people up and stories that I'd created through the activity. I'd put that on paper and then I'd essentially read it on my conference call every Monday night. I pre-script my call every single week. I do takes me two hours, hour and a half or so to put my call together, and then the call's 30 minutes, and I write it all out. Even to this day, I do that. Uh, however many years later, every Monday night, I do my conference call, and I read it. And I've gotten to the point where I can read it, and it sounds like I'm just saying it, that it's like right off the top of my head. But I had 
pages and pages and pages, a whole box full of these notes. And I thought, I need to put these notes into a book. And so they're stories. And so I just, I just actually had somebody transcribe all the notes into a written format. And then I started like editing it and picking which stories I want to keep in the book and which ones I want to get rid of. And that's what, that's what beach money was. And, and the Nate, the title beach money happened by accident. Um, years ago I ran a classified ad and uh, I ran a few and, and the, the, I don't do this anymore. It didn't really work that well, but years ago I was just trying different things. And when I ran the beach money ad, when I put the title beach money, which by the way, I have trademarked now, but when I put the, put that wor- word beach money as the title of an ad, it was like I got 10 times as many responses than the regular, are you sick of your job or whatever. And um, so I remembered that and then I thought, what a great title for a book. So that's kind of, because it, it says so much, just the, the words. So that's what Beach Money was. And I did it initially for my team, but then it was generic enough that other companies started, people started handing it to people from other companies. And the next thing I knew, it was all over the world and it sold sold a half a million copies all over the world. And continues to sell one to 200 copies a day. Fantastic. ML Nation, that's a must read. Just go to the show notes page at the search bar, type in Jordan, and then the link for Beach Money will be there. Now, Jordan, what's uh, one book, aside from Beach Money, what's one book you could recommend to our listeners? You know, it's different for everybody. I can, I'm going to recommend more than one because um, there are everybody's looking for something different. I love the greatest networker in the the greatest networkers in the world. It's plural. There's one that's called the greatest networker in the world. There's one called the greatest networkers in the world by the same author. They're both excellent, excellent books. But I like the second one better. It's interviews with 21 people that have all gone from never having success in network marketing to making millions. And it, it really, it's an amazing book, The Greatest Networkers in the World. If you are struggling with mindset, I love The Magic of Thinking Big. It's an old school book. It's been around forever by David Schwartz. I love that book. Um, if you need to be able to dream and imagine again, um, if you're struggling with that, I love uh, Illusions by Richard, Bru- Richard Bach. Hmm. Um, Randy Gage's book, um, Making the First Circle Work is a phenomenal book for how to build a successful network marketing business. Eric Worre, of course, that's a, that's a prerequisite. Um, go pro. And I could go on and on. There's so many good ones, but those are just a few of my favorites. And ML Nation, I know you love audio. So if you haven't read it, you can get amazing free audiobooks at mlmnationbook.com. That's mlmnationbook.com. So Jordan, I know uh, we're preaching 41 minutes. I want to wrap it up real quick. Just some I know you love to share, you share amazing stories, but you can give really quick one or two word answers for these questions, okay? We just okay. want to kind of pick your brain here. Yeah, yeah. What's one of your favorite success quotes that's motivated you? Uh, don't quit on a bad day. I like that. What, uh, what is one habit that's helped you become successful, like a success habit? Make your decisions uh, based, on how, what, based on what you're committed to versus how you're feeling. What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Keep sponsoring until somebody starts to do something. I suppose. I mean, that's a that that one might be a little bit longer, but I don't know. That 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 it's just who's next. I like who's that. Next? I like who's next. Who's Simple. Next? Yeah. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So, say that you met a prospect, you qualify them, you build a relationship, they're interested. What do you like to use? Do you sit down with them, use a newsletter, a flip chart, a webinar, on, send an online video? What do you like? Um, I like. Uh, I'm still old school, like one-on-one, get together with them if at all possible and show them the product and then have them watch a video that explains the opportunity. That's have, my favorite. Do you have a favorite app or online resource? Like, uh, do you use a Dropbox? Right now, you know what? Man, I'm just like, I'm getting excited about Periscope, which is brand new. And I've been, I used it three times today. I'm loving Periscope. Have you used that yet, Simon? I've used it once or twice, yes. It oh, is very, I'm, very cool. It's, it's very exciting. It really it gives you... It, it allows me to, in real time, connect with lots of people. I'm just really, I'm really excited about it. But Facebook is my favorite. I mean, I use that. I really, really use Facebook to build the business. If you want something new and different, go check out this group, Purpose Driven Networkers. It's the only group where you get to prospect with myself and other top leaders at least 15 times a week. You also get accountability. And if you're stuck and not sure how to reply back to prospects, 
Then you get to send me screenshots of your conversations and I'll guide you on what to say. You also get access to over 180 different trainings that teach you everything from building your business on Instagram to prospecting LinkedIn to even more traditional methods of building such as doing home meetings or coffee shop meetings. It also has a five-step program that help you get your next customer or rep within 28 days. And most people get a lot, lot quicker than that. No other group in network marketing can give you this type of training, coaching, and accountability combined. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level, go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, that's www.PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Go for it. The million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you would do to find prospects and build an ML business from scratch? Well, um, real life, as cliche as it sounds, I would use Facebook. Because as soon as you set up a Facebook profile and you do a really detailed description, you want to do a real detailed description in the in your in your about page because the more info you put in there, the more Facebook works using the algorithms to find people that you know that you'd forgotten that you knew. And in a matter of a couple of weeks, you'll have lists of hundreds and hundreds of people that you'd lost touch with that you can then reconnect with and reestablish a relationship with. Jordan, this has been awesome. You're such an awesome storyteller. It's been really fascinating. As we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Well, uh, if they need to connect with me, they can go to www.beachmoney.com. And uh, I guess uh, my advice would, uh, my last words of advice would be that uh, this is a really amazing time to be involved in network marketing for so many reasons. And one being that for the first time in history, really uh, uh, in our, in our, in recent history, uh, we've got a population of young people that know that the future is not in having a job. And they also don't have the resources, the knowledge or the money to start a traditional business, but they want to be on their own. So right now is the best time in history in recent history, to be involved in a business of your own. And network marketing can provide that for those young people that don't have the options that maybe our parents or our parents' parents had for going out into the job world. It's a very exciting time to be um, involved in network marketing. So I, my encourage, my, I would encourage you to really embrace that and just like jump in with both feet and just uh, work hard and get, th- get some things going. It represents a window of opportunity for all of us. So take advantage of that window. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you've been hanging out with Jordan Adler. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Jordan at the search bar and order nuggets of wisdom, Jordan's contact information, his book, The Beach Money, everything will pop right up. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So Jordan Adder, thanks so much for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. Hey, it's my pleasure, Simon. Thanks for the invite. Jordan, ML Nation, we're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you again so much. God bless you. God bless. ML Nation, that was amazing show with Jordan Adler. Make sure you thank him. Make sure you go get the book, uh, the show notes page, because just go to Jordan's mlnation.net, type in Jordan, go to the show notes page, and all the links will be there, and the link to the book, Beach Money, will be there as well. You know, a couple of big takeaways, uh, by the way, and but I, I thought that was just an amazing storyteller, and that's the, you know, why he didn't quit. Um, it's just a huge belief that even someone that had made no money to keep going back, right? Because network marketing is the only way. It's someone like that, you basically have no hope. You have no money, maxed out credit cards. Are you going to just, he brought a, boy, a breaking point. Are you just going to accept that's the way life is and just fold or are you going to keep fighting? And Jordan just made that decision to keep going. And then he finally had to focus and broke it. A couple really quick things. Number one is you got to trust the process, right? You know network marketing works, so trust it. As number two is like, you know, the distributors shape the companies. So if things are not working well, you know, you can change, 
right? The distributors are the ones who, he never blamed the companies. He failed in like, I even lost like 10 or 11 companies. He never blamed the companies, always himself. And that's the type of leadership attitude you got to have. And speaking of leadership is leading by example. The first, you know, first four letters of leadership, he says lead, L-E-A-D. And I love his, you know, his advice is like, who's next? And I think that, that got me even when I was stuck at like uh, making 40, 50,000 a year before I broke even six figures and before I made a million was like I was working, trying to get people. I was trying to, you know, like pull, you know, what do you call it? Like a push a horse to water, right? You can't push a horse to water. And there's some people in your business, like you're looking to find the next leader. The rest of the people, you just let them go. Who's next? Go sponsor. And a lot of people, they just stop sponsoring. And, and that's one of the mistakes I made briefly until I realized, hey, I got to bring in new blood. And once I start bringing new people, my business took off again. So remember, just two words, who's next, okay? Who's next? Another thing is lots of people, you want lots of people to do little things. And the only way to get lots of people is to who's next, sponsor. And I love the te- the sailing analogy and um, there's four defining moments. I mean, how inspiring is that? Right, there is really no secret. If you talk about the secret, the secret is not to quit and to look it inward. It's something that you are doing incorrectly. You know, for Jordan, it wasn't the company, it wasn't the product, it was something he had to change. And once he changed internally, changed his mindset, changed the way he looked at the business, his focus, setting the goals, sponsoring one a month, then he things took off. And that defining moment in the snowstorm, right? We've all been there. Probably not as bad as him, freezing in the snow in the blizzard, but you can make a decision. You're going to live a life of mediocrity and live a life of regret and say, oh, what could have been? Or, hey, you're going to buckle in and say, hey, I'm going to change this and make it happen. So, awesome show. Make sure, yeah, contact Jordan, thank him. And if you like this show, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Give a good rating. Um, or maybe you don't, don't give a good rating. You don't like this? Don't give a good rating, but just give an honest uh, review. Okay? Give an honest review, honest rating. That's what I ask. And then the best thing you can do is... Share, share with people you like who can motivate them. Uh, downlines, uplines, crosslines. We, we're in all the same community. I love MLM because it fulfills my purpose driven life, having a positive impact as many people. That's why I do this. And I believe network marketing allows us to be better givers, allows us to fulfill our potential. Like Jordan, he was just a good average guy, right? But network marketing, it took him, you know, 12 years. He had all this potential in him and finally it just exploded. And that's some incredible, incredible stuff. And, you know, lastly, network marketing allows us to, you know, be better parents, create a legacy. And, you know, Jordan, he's definitely created a legacy, right? You heard the show. He's impacted you, inspired you. He's impacted millions through his book, Beach Money, every time he speaks on stage. So, MLM, you know, we're on the same, we're, that's why we call MLM Nation. We're in the same community. It's awesome. Share with others. And uh, lastly, thank you for taking your valuable time to listen. Make sure you apply what you learn. This is an episode you want to play back over and over and over again. And remember, everyone, MLM Nation, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today. Now head over to MLMNation.net for valuable recaps of every show and also to get your free training resource on how to use online duplication to grow your business. Thanks again for being a part of this amazing profession. 